Shelby and Matt. Or in other news, uh, I am sort of the Renfield to Shelby's Count Dracula. Oh, interesting. I feel like I'm the Renfield to your Dracula. Really? How so? Well, because I have to be the front of this podcast and assure people that you're cooler than you seem. (laughs) Really interesting. (laughs) Without me, you would fall apart. Okay, but I kept when I kept wa- when I was watching Renfield, I just thought over and over and over again, "Wow, those are Shelby's teeth to a T." <laughs> I was like, that's I wondered exa- how you would survive that. It's that's a lot exactly of ugly what teeth. they look like. I know. And then I thought I'm, about I'm the time that they it. fell out at dinner, and you immediately yeah. regrew new ones. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, it was really a documentary of our lives, but. <laughs> Yeah, so we're talking about Renfield, which is a modern take on Dracula. Dracula appears to be back in business because I also saw that there's a new movie coming out where Dracula is stuck on a boat. That's a horror film <laughs> that I was excited about. Um, you know, I think he's been, they've been trying to make this happen, right? Because there was a Dracula movie a few years ago, I feel like, that did not do well. But it was sort of a more serious one. Um but then, yeah, this one came out as like a comedy, like a dark comedy. I was expecting more comedy, I'm going to be honest, and I got a lot more blood than I expected. I I don't know. <laughs> it was very gory. It was very gory, which wasn't really shown. Honestly, what I was expecting was like a what we do in the shadows type. Like even like that weird, like like think of like a 2000s teen dark comedy. That's what I thought we'd be getting, like. Like, yes, there'd obviously be death and maybe some blood, but this went hard into the body horror in a way that I was not anticipating and did not, in fact, enjoy. Well, it was like body horror, but then it also was like so outlandish that it kind of wasn't body horror at the same time. You know, like there was just so much like fountains of blood and things bursting that it wasn't realistic in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Like 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 a person off. Yeah. Yeah. Got killed and like 9,000 gallons of blood came out of them, like more than the human body could ever. Yeah. They were like arms ripped off and then used as, I, I don't even know. Like, used as weapons someone yeah. was impaled with an arm yeah. at one point and i was like I, I don't know if arms are that strong i guess there are <laughs> bones in them but yeah i think it's like a projectile if you could get it going fast enough like sure it could skew you i guess skewer you but yeah no it was kind of like a weirdly pitched film but it was pitched widely like it was a big like a lot of people knew about it but it did not perform well it had like a it had like a wide release where it had the same day internationally too and it still only managed to pull in 18 million on its opening weekend (laughs) and came in fourth domestically fourth behind mario and like pope's exorcist which i don't know what that is and the ben affleck air um so yeah not a great week It, it opened with eight million in the u.s 
Ugh. Yeah, it. I. This is a movie that I probably would not have seen if we <laughs> didn't cover on the podcast. Like, not because I didn't strikes again. like it, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I was just like, what's sort of the selling point? Like, it didn't look that original and or exciting to me. And it also didn't have, like, a lot of star power. I didn't think it was going to be something that a lot of people were talking about. Um, I guess it is sort of that thing that we have are always talking about wanting, which is kind of like a more mid-budget movie. Um, yeah, and it's 90 that, minutes. Yeah, and it's, it's original like, content, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> um, and Nick Cage, you know, it's like, honestly, I was like, oh, it might be funny. Like, I went in, I went in, like, expecting to have a pleasant time, you know? And it wasn't, like, as bad as walking out and realizing what people thought about it. Like, honestly, this is what – this is – I thought people who like Cocaine Bear would like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I liked Cocaine Bear, and I liked this fine. Oh, you did? Well, because, like, Cocaine Bear has, like, a ridiculously high Rotten Tomato score currently. But this is, like – this is rotten at, like, 58%. It got a B-minus cinema score from audiences. And on Metacritic, it has, like, 54 out of 100. So it's, like – very average reviews um but yeah it, it's just kind of this like i don't know where what it went wrong for people um but it just wasn't working in the same way that other films that are either gory like cocaine bear or silly like i don't know it, it's a weird movie i guess is what i'm saying yeah so i guess to go over the plot quickly uh <laughs> Dracula has a familiar named Renfield um, who sort of like takes care of him, has to bring bodies to him and feed him. Um, if anything goes poorly and Dracula is injured somehow, Renfield kind of has to like bring him back to life. This has been happening for hundreds of years. And now we are in modern day New Orleans. Um, Dracula is very uh, sick and sort of needs a lot of nursing. And Renfield is not sure that he wants to do this and have to keep killing people he sort of stumbles upon a toxic relationship um support group and realizes that he's in a toxic relationship with dracula and starts thinking about how he could get out of that and be done with dracula um and so most of the movie is kind of Dracula getting stronger and Renfield sort of trying backing away. And then obviously there's a big sort of fight at the end between the two of them. But then there's also a side plot regarding the mob and uh, police and Aquafina plays a police officer and her sister and how they're sort of like estranged and she's too, strong and the police are corrupt and i don't there's a i think that the plot regarding dracula and that those sections of the movie and also the gore sections of the movie are great and i really (laughs) love them i think that they are bogged down by the entire like mob slash aquafina sequences Mm. which are probably like half the movie yeah. And those are goofy, but in a way that's a little bit more normal. And I think that with something like Cocaine Bear, there's really like not very much in there that's not outlandish. Like it's yeah. wild from start to finish. The characters are all kind of either like 
terrible people or weird people. They're not really going after like realism or feel good in any right. way, shape or form. And then the action sequences are just deranged. <laughs> Where in this, they're kind of doing a little bit of half and half because like the action sequences are so crazy. And some of the like Renfield Dracula interactions are like a, what we do in the shadows kind of funny energy. But then there is the plot line like Aquafina and her sister. That's very kind of, like by the book straightforward um like we misunderstand each other and we're sisters but then we went through adversity and now <laughs> we're gonna hug again at the end that like just didn't really i don't know it felt a little cheap and easy yeah yeah for sure i mean i liked there's this sort of like <laughs> i liked this sort of a cab element where it was like every single cop she interacted with was corrupt Yes. And even on the wall of the precinct, I think they had a, a quote that was like, don't solve the crime till you get overtime. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like little funny bits that I thought that would come up more. But it really, yeah, they kind of like had all these lines, these threads that kind of like just hung there in the end. Like the mob, I think, could have been interesting because you have Ben Schwartz who's playing this like coddled mob boss's son who's all you know all bark and no bite and he has to do this sort of growing up within the mob as he takes on dracula and i think there could have been more funny elements if they'd focus on that rather than also having the aquafina like plot which was basically like she inspires rinfield because she's so uncorruptible and he's like i want to stand up for something finally but the thing that actually pulled this movie down for me was I feel like Nicholas Holt, I, I'm, I, I like almost everything he's in, but I feel like he, he, <laughs> he like drags these shows or movies down for me after a certain point because he has the same shtick in almost every single thing he's in. And I think like something like the menu that he was in last year is the perfect amount of Nicholas Holt. Whereas this just starts to feel like bogged down by the same character notes where it's like, oh, I want to stand up, but I can't, but I will, but I won't, but I want to, but I will, but I can't, but I will, you know? And it's just like, it starts to get a little draining where I just want to slap that little sad puppy eyed look off his face and like tell him to pick a lane, you know? Yeah, I, I sort of agree with that. I think that he does have uh some you know a little bit like an Eddie Redmayne um <laughs> where they kind of like go back to the same well and and hit the same yeah. notes a bunch of times and yeah I definitely got that a lot here I also think Aquafina is somebody who is can either be really good or really bad and I think <laughs> it has less to do with her and more to do with the material she's given and how she's utilized and I just don't think that the people who were doing this movie had quite enough care and so they let her be more of a character and less of a real person yeah. um like i think her best stuff is obviously the farewell and then like shang chi which where she's utilized perfectly um and this was a yeah. little bit more like i don't know did you annoying. notice that scene where she was talking to her sister and then she kept on like shuffling like yeah, cartoonishly down the hall and would like stop and look back. Yeah, and I was like, and I, this is so weird. Well, and I was like, is like, was this a part of something that was cut or yeah. like I couldn't figure out what 
the joke it felt was, like a Mr. Magoo joke. Like it was yeah. like so. But then she didn't keep doing it in other places. Yeah. Like there wasn't a callback to that or something. Yeah, it was so weird. Like it was like that was a moment where I was like, oh, this is just Aquafina thinking she's in an SNL skit, you know? And there is like that level of vibe to the show because it's such an outlandish story that that really isn't rooted in anything human or like real because the the villains are so you know, out there and like over the top and you have Dracula on one end and then this really hyper violent mob boss, but like cartoonishly violent, like they show up in, in animal masks and they're like gunning down civilians in a club like type thing. So it's very like, it was very strange to try and get into the world building as it were. And I think if they just scrapped Aquafina almost and just let him like learn from his support group or whatever and then had him take on the mob and Dracula somehow, it would have worked better. Yeah, the I I really like the support group leader. Yeah. I thought that he was funny. And I think the MVP is Nicolas Cage. Like yes, Nicolas no Cage question. was so fun and great as this Dracula character. And I think, yeah, more of him and less of Aquafina. Yeah, I I think that I think that cutting Aquafina is probably the thing that needed to happen. Yeah, because it was like a lot of it was just like there was so much circling the the main plot because Nicholas Holt was like, I'm going to be better, and he like gets his like you know apartment montage and realizes he doesn't have to help Dracula, and then he goes to the precinct and like talks to. It's like flirts with Aquafina, but it's never really like it's not like watching some sort of 90s comedy like The Mask where there's this like over the top romance. It's very much like they could be romantic if you want to read it that way, but it's also just platonic and he's just like desperate for a friend. Like and so it was weird, like this insistence on the all cops are corrupt front. I liked that angle because... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, me as well. Because it was refreshing to see. But it just felt kind of like superfluous by the end, especially because the co- the um, chief, the police chief, literally just walks away halfway through the finale and is like, I'm out of here, you know, and then gets beheaded, I guess. But other than that, it's like the cops don't play a big part in it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I, I Ben think- Schwartz like gets to the inevitable run-in with Dracula, which I think worked well. Yeah, and Ben Schwartz is funny in this. I mean, he, I feel like he's sort of funny in everything, and this was utilized him really well, I think. Yeah. Um, I was looking at the people behind this movie, because yeah. I was sort of like, how did this get made? And the story is from Robert Kirkman, who did The Walking Dead. Mm. So there is like a, a, like a high caliber, I guess, in sort of like the story concept. But he didn't write the script. The script was written by someone who I'd never heard of. And then the director is Chris McKay, who yeah. did The Tomorrow War, which yes. was also <laughs> terrible. And in some ways, I think bad for similar reasons. In <laughs> it was tonally all over the place. And, I'm and like, he did Lego he- Batman. Okay. I never watched Lego Batman. It was fun. It was funny. Probably more his style, it seems like. He needs to go back to that. Oh, he was also one of the writers on Doolittle. Oh, interesting. (laughs) But then he also was a did the story only for Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons, which we Oh yeah, we don't count that because they did so much rewrites. Yeah, I guess that's true. 
But yeah, no, I feel like honestly, it became too immature. I think if this had tried to do the like almost, you know, family friendly style Dracula comedy, it could have worked in the same way that like our weird 90s adventure comedies worked. And I think this just didn't strike anyone because watching it, watching the trailers, it seemed like it's not a family movie, obviously, but it also wasn't like marketed to the same crowd of people who enjoy, you know, action, gory, comedy, black horror, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it was just like, what's happening here? I think tonally, it should have been a little bit more in the Megan cocaine bear camp yeah. and marketed <laughs> in that direction. And I think it wasn't. It was marketed as sort of like a doofy comedy. And that's why people didn't go see it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also weird because like I find Nicolas Cage so fascinating and so entertaining. And I think that's, you know, that's how everyone feels. Like it's always a joke of what he picks and like then watching him commit to it fully, no matter how off the wall it is, is part of the charm of his movies. And and that goes for something like Pig, which you hated, but I found mesmerizing, to like the- I mean, he was good in Pig. Yeah. I didn't think he was bad in it. <laughs> and then obviously the weirdness of the immutable greatness of your own Oh, yeah, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I think it's- it, he's, he's fun to watch in these films because he is so like- committed and he's he's fun he's very charismatic even in these weird bonkers roles and I found it enjoyable every time he was on screen I mean yes there were moments where I was like that is disgusting I don't want to watch you spill someone's guts ever again but like he brings such an energy to this film that it almost feels like wasted every moment he's not on screen yeah well he is his character is like growing over the course of the movie yeah. so he's in these various different like physical forms with the makeup is crazy and i thought he did such a good job of like embodying all of those differently but like still being really funny he's great with the props like he's always drinking out of these martini glasses that have like an eyeball or something floating in them and it's blood like yeah. he's just he looks like he is having a ton of fun in this movie i mean so does everybody to a certain extent but yeah yeah, I I loved him. He was great. I could have watched him all day. Like, I wish the movie was just sort of about him and Nicolas Cage or... Yeah. I know. mean, the, the Nicolas Holt stuff was, like, very uninteresting because it's, like, his origin story was, like, I wanted to buy Dracula's house. Yeah, like, it was so weird. Story. Yeah, because it's, like, oh, I lost my family because I was money hungry. But it's, like, it was so confusing. <laughs> and I'm, like, fine to have a tortured, like anti-hero vibe but it was just like the best parts were him interacting with Dracula and like yeah the 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 support group added to that where he had these like realizations that he had he was a codependent and he had this narcissist in his life and so it all culminates when he's like trying to basically speak a right to get Dracula out of his house and he's just like referring to this how to live with a narcissist book and it's like very funny watching this sort of goofy side character. You know, it's giving like, who is that? Who am I thinking of? Oh, Igor? like in Enchanted, the like bumbling, <laughs> the bumbling sidekick to the evil witch. Like, oh, yeah, it feels like that. And it's fun to watch that because you're like, no way is this guy ever going to outsmart Nicolas Cage slash Dracula. 
And that sort of is the payoff for these sort of movies. But instead, it just is like there's a constant fumbling of the bag on both Nicholas Holt's character part, but also the movie writing part. Um, And yeah, it just ended up being like a kind of disappointing final battle for, I mean, it was basically unwatchable for me personally, uh, absolutely grotesque, but yeah, I lost the plot there a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. And the, and sort of the way it ended, I wasn't that clever and, the mob boss, like, mom lady, I thought was, like, fascinating, but not at the same point. Also, like, I read Dracula, the book. Mm. I feel like I've seen a lot of vampire-related content. This angle that if you eat bugs, you get, like, more <laughs> power or something. I was like, where did this come from? Because it doesn't, like, to me, it does not speak to as something, oh, like, this is a part of dracula lore that we've heard before that we're using and i felt like it was just kind of wasted and stupid in here like they needed to make nicholas holt like somehow supernatural so that he could do these fights but i kind of wish that they had like come with a more interesting way around it that would have worked into his backstory Um, yeah you know it's like he was a like a ninja assassin and has been doing that for a hundred years or something or like just given the powers period like why eat bugs like why not just have them there and then he can just yeah turn them on exactly (laughs) it was very strange yeah well and i was thinking about um yeah like this sort of final showdown which it's like i honestly honestly you could see it coming from a mile away even to the point of Nicholas Holt, like, being in a car, listing all the ways they can defeat Dracula. Like, oh, a wooden stake. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you just need a bag of powder to, like, uh, say the incantation in Latin. And it's like, oh, well, we won't do that one because we don't speak Latin. But then I knew immediately. I was like, oh, they're going to use the heroin. Like, you know, it's like, of course, they're going to use the cocaine. I mean, you know, it's like, (laughs) so that's how it ends. I didn't see that coming, but I did think that was clever. (laughs) Yeah, but I I think there was this weird, like, they needed to allude to what was coming in a way because they were so proud of the jokes. Like it was mm-hmm. like, I wish that they'd just let things happen. Whereas they had to like, let us know like Ben Schwartz was kind of a loser who never, like, I don't know. It was just like, there were moments where they didn't trust their audience to figure it out. So they had to lay the groundwork early on. And I feel like it, it just kind of muddled the plot a little bit. Something that I was thinking about was, do we think that, like, I think that people have been trying to make Nicholas Holt, like, a movie star or, like, yeah. a leading man for a long time. And I feel like he's been in a bunch of these projects that are sort of, like, meh. Or or he's a supporting character in something. And I'm just, like, when do we think people are going to give up the <laughs> Nicholas Holt, uh, you know, fight? I don't know. Like, I... It's not like I think he's a bad actor or he's not like... No, I don't think he is either, but I don't think he's capable of carrying a movie. I know. But people love like warm bodies. He's in that, right? He just has this like face that... Yeah, but warm bodies was like sort of an indie movie that came out like a decade ago. and I Well, I know, but I'm saying it's like people... Yeah, I don't know. Because I watched The Great, which is the TV show he's in with Elle Fanning. And he's like funny in that like I like when he plays these sort of dopey douchebags like in the menu and I think they work better when he has someone else to like 
either in the case of the great help carry it along or he's a supporting role. But some people love him as a lead and I don't get it. Yeah, he I just I think that they want him to sort of be like an Andrew Garfield and it's just like not mm. fair. Yeah. And I'm like, I think we got to give up. Holt, unfortunately i think he's got to be a character actor from now on i will say i i read this like rev- interview with um chris mckay where he said like oh nicholas cage went full method for this film and like he was like whenever whatever scene we did he would still be 100 percent living in the attitude after we stopped shooting and then nicholas cage was like asked about that and he's like he's literally was like i don't know why chris said that like i I had great times with Chris and Nick off, uh, you know, offset, like, or off camera, like, laughing and having a good time. So maybe my teeth made it sound like I was still in character. <laughs> and I just felt bad for Nicolas Cage. And then I saw a promo shot of Nicholas Holt, like, on some sort of, you know, radio or, I don't know, show where he was asked to, like, cold call Nicolas Cage to see if he would pick up, you know, one of those sort of stunts. Uh-huh. And Nicolas Cage answered and was just so nice. And he's like, oh, man, I'm just sitting. I'm just laying down in bed looking at these cars, thinking if I want to get one or not. Like, And he starts talking about like car engines and stuff. And he just seems like the most earnest, like chill. Like, yes, yes, probably over the top and kind of weird and like Tom Cruise energy type of like strangeness. But also with that Keanu Reeves, like, yeah, just kindness element to him. And I feel like. I think he's who you care more about <laughs> no matter yes. who he's on screen with. So good for him, you know? Yeah, I wish that this movie had done better for Nicolas Cage. I know. He just keeps getting like hit. I I really want Nicolas Cage to have, like, a very good comeback. You know, like, like Nicolas Cage needs the whale. I hated the whale, but, like, Ew. I think he needs that type of... You just mean an role. Oscar nomination type. Well, yeah, or some just something where they, I, and I guess Pig was sort of that in some degree, but like where they let him do what he's capable of doing and really showcase him in a great way. Because I think he is very talented. He just hasn't got the roles that were like taken seriously enough. But I think like well, if A twenty four swiped him up to something, like But he likes like he also did an interview recently where he was explaining, like, oh yeah, I turned down this big role. I turned down this role that went on to get this guy a, you know, he's like, he just picks these I think he just likes acting. Like he just likes doing these projects. It's not about being the biggest star, getting the most nominations. He just right. goes wherever he has this like interesting story. I I really don't think he cares, which is interesting and kind of odd. But he seems like totally happy with where his career has been and where he's going. Like, yeah, he's probably happy to have more of a spotlight and more of a paycheck and, you know, getting to buy the weirdest stuff known to man. But yeah, I, don't I, know. He, I he's just like, I want, like, I feel like that there are some roles that. I don't know. I think there's just like a better set of roles that he could be getting, not necessarily like making more money or like in blockbusters or something, but just with like a little bit more meat on them that will be taken like slightly less or slightly more seriously. Like even <laughs> yeah. if he had been in the menu rather than Ray Fiennes, like I feel like he would have done a mm, really good job 
And somehow, and like that movie got so many accolades and was taken a lot more seriously than this. Or even if he was in something like a Knives Out or a Glass Onion, which I think he would also do a great job. He could do that. But I think he's a character actor is the thing. Like I think he is someone who dials it to 150. And so it's like it would be hard to picture him in something like, you know, serious like the whale or or everything everywhere even it's just like i don't know his energy is so interesting but i could see him in like the jamie lee curtis role in everything everywhere all at once and being so good in that kind of thing like yeah i think he's doing those kind of roles he just somehow ends up doing those kind of roles in the movies that like don't (laughs) do well and people hate rather than the movies that like do do well and are good yeah that's true. Like he could have yeah. like even him like in um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like I could have seen he could have easily been the like Brad Pitt role in that movie. Like he would have been good in Babylon this year. Like there's a lot of those kind of things that like has he ever been in a Tarantino movie? Mm, like I'm not know. saying he needs to be in like, you know, the darkest hour playing right. Winston Churchill, but like I think there's a set of roles that is a, a level up for him that he yeah. would still really enjoy. I think people are like, you, you know, most of the reviews for this, most of the reviews for The Unbearable Weight have all been like, this movie's not good, but Nicolas Cage is very, you know, compelling. And yes. so I do think there is this renaissance and maybe he will be. Maybe he'll be in White Lotus season three, you know? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I want it now that I'm thinking about this? I want – him to be in a movie with Anne Hathaway. I think oh, they would have so much fun together. Yeah, that's probably true. They're both very earnest and also weird. So, yeah, there could be a, <laughs> a, a kinship there. Like, imagine uh, if he had played the Jared Leto character in We Crashed instead. <laughs> we Crashed was yeah. so good, and not enough people watched it that. Okay. It was okay. Uh, it was okay. Anne it was, just was fine. incredible. She was fine. That's rude. You you can't let your um Jared Leto Yeah, I don't know. It's hard way. to say what happened there for me, but yeah, it wasn't working. Um but yeah, similar here. I feel like the general consensus was basically like this should have been a sketch. Like it was honestly I saw reviews that were like what we do in the shadows does this better. And I haven't even watched what we do in the shadows, but I would agree. You know, I, ha- I have I love what we do in the shadows and it was a similar energy yeah not nearly as good yes this could have easily (laughs) been a what we do in the shadows episode there are characters that are like um that are basically the same thing as what Nicolas Cage is doing and there's also a familiar in that that's very funny and sort of like has a similar dutiful energy but like the writing is better and smarter yeah, I think this is meant to step it up in the violence department. It kind of feels like, you know, your old episodes of Buffy the Vampire dialed up or Blade with just absolute buckets of blood, guts, and gore. But that part didn't work for me. So honestly, I don't think it worked for many people. Hmm. It just like felt almost out of – it. it just came out of nowhere almost. So it was kind of like weird to try and – like, it did feel like watching Django Unchained levels of gore that was just like, wait, when did this 
When was this the promise? Whole, Where did this come the from? The movie felt like it had arrived from some other like time or planet or something. <laughs> like it was just so like it, I, 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 it's hard trying to come up with like a comp for it. It's weird to sort of think why it was made. I feel yeah. like the marketing was sort of odd. Like I can see why it didn't do well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of shocking how badly it did, but also I'm not going to pretend that it deserved better. But I think it's very – it was, like, very forgettable in its yes. marketing. Like, I I had – when you said, oh, let's go do this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that that was uh, coming out this week or, like, that that was a thing. Like, I feel like I saw so little about it, and I had seen the trailers a couple of times. Um, yeah. But it wasn't, like, Cocaine Bear or Megan or one of these movies <laughs> that just, like, sticks in your mind more. I mean, even yeah, Dungeons there was and no Dragons, impact. I feel like, had – more of a stickiness to that trailer. Yeah. No, it very much reminded me of like the trailer for Clock Stoppers or like this the Night Circus or whatever. I don't remember what it Wait, was. Clock, like these clock like, stop. I loved Clock Stoppers. Yeah, it just gave me the energy from the color scheme. Like it's very cartoonish, mm-hmm. bright. Like it felt like one of those comedies from our from the 2000s that was just like weird and kind of clunky but fun. And that's what I thought it would be, but it it just like tonally did not land there in the same way. There was a lot more broken, a lot more exploding heads and like bastion brains than I was expecting. And I'm sorry, doesn't Dracula drink blood? But he was just out there ripping guts out, snapping necks and just moving on. Yeah, it was sort of odd what he <laughs> was doing. Also, I was like, Dracula's blood is can re can bring people back from the dead. I yeah. thought like Dracula's blood just made you or one, I thought the Dracula didn't have blood, but then I was also like, I thought that vampires, if you were involved with them, you just became a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Like not a corpse. But that might be yeah. Everywhere. I I honestly I'm not familiar I'm with I'm relying Dracula heavily on lore. Twilight. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say is I really only know vampires from I mean, but that's true in like interviews with a vampire too, like they all they're you know, what's it called? Having sex. <laughs> no, I mean they're like y- you get infected. They're yes, yes. they're spreading their yeah. They're yeah, that's the whole thing about vampires. They are like they suck your blood and then you become a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, unfortunately, I think we might have a bit of a we might be in a bit of a rut because oh, no. next week's options are a whole bunch of odd choices. We have Evil Dead Rise, no. the new horror movie, which I feel like you're not going to want to watch. No. <laughs> um, the Covenant, which is the Jake Gyllenhaal like military movie. Oh, or something. oh no. <laughs> Ghosted, which is the Apple TV um Chris Evans Ana de Armas. Oh dear. Like action comedy kind of thing. Um Bo's Afraid, which is the Ugh. new horror movie from Ari Aster, which I loved, but I think you'll hate. So I sort of yeah. don't want to do an episode about that because <laughs> I am just annoyed already. Life's <laughs> too short. Well I read spoilers and you're right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's I I watch it and I was like, this is the exact type of thing that Shelby will not like. I'm not alone in this either, according to early reviews. So, I feel like it got. I feel like it's gotten very good reviews. Doesn't it have a good Rotten Tomato score? I don't know. I've seen a few that are like, I don't know. 
I didn't look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, but I was reading some. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's a 75 right now. Yeah. Bo's Afraid is overstuffed to the point of erasing the line between self-flagellation and self-indulgence, but Ari Asda's bravada and Joaquin Phoenix's sheer commitment give this neurotic odyssey undeniable power. It is a very weird movie. Like, and I don't begrudge anybody who does not particularly like it because it's me. Except you. Well, no, because I was like, there's just certain things where I'm like, I'm like, if it's a, if it's like a, um, an auteur male director and it like ventures into certain topic matters, I'm like, oh, she's always going to hate this. Like, <laughs> like, like, we like, case closed. Is he an auteur? I mean, like, like a writer director, I guess. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I, think, I respect your assessment. And it's like, there's there's the men slash Northmen of the world, yeah. And then there's this, and I do feel like that, like there's a lot of bullshit, and some of the bullshit's like terrible, and some of it, it I think is like more interesting and has cool stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a thin line. And then yeah. we also have uh, somewhere in Queens, which is some sort of comedy involving Laurie Metcalf and um, Ray Romano. Hey, sounds like we get to do a rom com. So. <laughs> Wait, which one? Uh, ghosted. I heard it's bad. I saw a clip of it, and it's no one likes it. Well, it's also just going to Apple TV. I don't even yeah. think it's coming out in theaters. It's is rough. It? Hey, it's the era of streaming. Maybe that just means it's like so good, you know? There's a there's a Netflix movie called A Tourist Guide to Love that's coming out, <laughs> but I don't recognize a single actor's name. You can binge watch Love Is Blind, and we can talk about that. You Season could watch four. Succession and we could do an episode <laughs> well, on Well, that. that's not over yet. You know, that's not done yet. I guess that's true. You know, so. Hold uh, your horses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah well, hey, short episode. Look at us. Short episode. Yeah. This this movie, I, I was stretching. I looked I know. At, at, I looked at the 15 minute mark and was like, oh my gosh, I've talked about everything I have to talk about <laughs> in this movie. And then re- we really vamped for quite some time. So we're, you're lucky that you got 37 minutes. I know. Uh, okay. We well, we'll be back next week. Unclear exactly what we're going to be covering. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something show will or come something. out. Yeah. Maybe there will be something else. I guess I could watch Beef. Are the episodes half hour? How long is no, it? No, they're long. I oh, I like lost I interest. I, I didn't lose interest, but I don't know if I want to keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a commitment. I, I could binge like a ha- I could binge like a ten episode like when they're all like twenty minutes yeah, no. type of thing. Like but 40. Ugh, yeah, no, yeah, no, thank you. You yeah. can watch Drag Race. Yeah, I mean that's long too, but but we'll see. We'll mm. see. See how okay, well, yeah, we'll out. figure something out. <laughs> but in the meantime, you can follow us on social media, leave us a review, and we'll be back next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs>